The Flight Deck is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you to the donors who sustain the Museum of Flight. To support this podcast and the museum's other educational initiatives, visit museumofflight.org slash podcast. Hello and welcome to The Flight Deck, the podcast of the Museum of Flight in Seattle, Washington. I'm your host, Sean Mobley. And welcome back to season two of the podcast. Now in this season, we're taking an in-depth look, behind the scenes look at Curator on the Loose. Curator on the Loose is the Museum of Flight's web series where our senior curator, Matthew Burchette, takes viewers behind the scenes into parts of the aviation industry that they normally wouldn't get a chance to see. Or in this case, I should say the aerospace industry because today we're going to outer space. We're talking about space stuff. What we're doing with this season is taking interviews that were cut down for the TV series and letting the whole extended version of it run here on the podcast. A couple of years ago, the Museum of Flight had a CubeSat, a small satellite, donated to us. Uh, But it had some problems. Specifically, it still had the battery inside it, which could be unstable in the long run and not good if something happened with that battery while it was inside our storage buildings. So we were able to visit some satellite experts here in Seattle. Did you know that the vast majority of satellites orbiting the Earth right now are made here in Seattle? So we've got a lot of satellite experts and they were able to rip its guts out with some surgery. The interview today is not with the surgeons, but with the Museum of Flight's own adjunct curator for space history, Jeff Nunn. Now, those who've listened to the podcast before know that Jeff has appeared a few times actually on the podcast. He's been on a few episodes prior where he talks about uh, some of the space stuff in our collection and also a more philosophical discussion that I found so fascinating about the difference between the space race when NASA was compelled by public law, basically, to, to keep all of its records and make them available to researchers and private companies working today in new space who are not so compelled to be public about their work. And some of the challenges associated with that when you're trying to curate a museum collection. But today, Jeff is giving Matthew a a bit of a crash course in CubeSats before we go down to the satellite surgeons. And and so that's what we're going to be hearing. I'll turn it over to Jeff and Matthew for the conversation. Jeff, buddy. Hey, how you doing? It's good to see you. Good to see you. So this is Jeff Nunn. He is our museum space guy, for lack of a better term. I know he's got probably an official term, but this really fits him better. So you are the guy that I come to when we have anything spacey come to the museum and I hear rumors that we actually have a satellite that has been donated to us from a local company and I gotta check that out. All right, well, you came to the right place. Awesome. All right, where is it? It's right here. I don't get it. What do you mean right here? It's right here, in front of you. You're telling me this is a satellite? Well, that's the case that has the satellite inside of it. There's a satellite in here? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, I, this is, oh, that was fun. 
Okay, I won't open that. Why? Because if you open it, the satellite's going to turn on, and then we might have all sorts of problems getting it ready for display. This is a live satellite? It is an actual piece Whoa, of flight hardware. That is cool. Okay, that means that we probably need to take it someplace to have it unlive. That's correct. So before we can get, ready, get it ready for display, we have to go through the decommissioning process in order to, to make it safe. Do you know a place that'll do that? Well, it's certainly not going to be here, but fortunately, the Seattle area is a major hub for development of this type of technology, and we know some people who are going to help us out. That is cool. Okay, as much as I want to do that, let's get a little bit of info, because you've got a bunch of stuff here, so obviously you've been working on this. What are we looking at? So uh, I've been doing a little bit of research into satellite history, and one of the, the really awesome things about satellites today is they've gotten a lot smaller and a lot cheaper than they used to be. So the very first satellites were largely launched by governments and militaries and the like. Okay. Uh, you'll remember Sputnik 1 was yep. launched in 1957. That was the world's very first artificial satellite. And from there, you know, that was only about the size of a beach ball. But it didn't do a whole lot. It transmitted radio signals. It, it beeped and scared a lot of people. Uh, but over the years, as satellites got more capable, they also got a lot bigger. And in the 1980s, when the space shuttle started flying, in the US, we wanted pretty much all of our satellites to go up on shuttle for the most part. That's part of why they called it the space transport, the space transportation system. Okay. Uh, and it had that big 65 foot long payload bay in order to accommodate some of these really big satellites. And so some of the, the stuff I've got out here are examples of some of those, those earlier uh, spacecraft, those earlier satellites that would have been deployed by shuttle. Very and cool. today, we rely on satellites for all kinds of things, from helping us uh, better understand the weather uh, and Earth's systems, uh, delivering satellite television into your home, uh, countries spying on other countries, uh, all kinds of different stuff. And even these little computers that we keep in our pockets uh, when we're trying to navigate from one place to another, it's information uh, yeah. from global positioning system satellites that got to be able to get to the are. local Starbucks. Right, exactly. And I got to get my squid game on my TV at home. <laughs> mm -hmm. Very important. But recently, there's been some major leaps forward in terms of how small we can make satellites. And in, that, in turn, has made them a lot more accessible to, uh, to organizations like small companies uh, and even schools and universities wow. uh, to be able to, to launch their own satellites. So that's what we have in there. So what kind of satellite is this? So this is what is known as a CubeSat. And it was actually a technology demonstrator. So that's, that's one of the things is now that you can launch satellites cheaper, you don't even have to have a finished product going up. You can, you can basically prototype something and launch it to space to test it out. Oh, wow. That's got to save a ton of money. Yeah, I, I mean, you can even, you can even buy satellite kits online for about the price of a used car. So like what, three to $5,000? So a basic one U CubeSat kit costs about $10,000 online. That's still not bad. It's not bad. You just then have to add the, the, all the brains and all the, the, the programming in order to make it work. Now, the tricky part is figuring out how to launch it. So I can't build a, a CubeSat and put it on my model rocket and get it up there. No, you'd have to go with an actual <laughs> rocket company, unless uh, you got okay. a pretty uh, 
big model rocket that can get had, all the way to space. I had big dreams of taking over the world with <laughs> Matthew TV. Well, the, the launch costs are coming down quite a bit. I mean, now we're, we're no longer talking just like governments launching satellites. Now it's uh, companies can, you know, and even small companies or schools and universities can put their own satellites into orbit. Do you, have to, do you have to launch with NASA? No, there's actually a lot of different options out there now, which is, I think, part of why this is all able to, to happen. You can still launch with NASA, and they actually have a system for deploying CubeSats from the International Space Station. Really? Yeah, so uh, they actually basically push them out an airlock on the, the Japanese Kibo module, and then they, they're all in a, a single sort of tube, and they all slide out one by one. But Neat. if you don't want to go the NASA route, you can also, uh, there are a number of companies that help you to, uh, to broker uh, a ride on a rocket that's already taking up a bigger satellite. Wow, that is awesome. Okay, I am dying to know what's in here. And since we can't do it here at the museum, we got to go see those friends of yours. Mm -hmm. Friends. So that means we're going on a road trip. That's right. Awesome. Okay, you carry that because I don't trust myself. Yeah, I don't trust you either. Yeah, I don't blame you. All right, this is going to be awesome. Thank you for tuning into this episode of The Flight Deck, the podcast of the Museum of Flight in Seattle, Washington. If you liked the audio here, you should check out the video episode of Curator on the Loose that this is from. After this segment with Jeff... It, it's almost entirely visual. If you've ever wanted to see what the inside of a satellite looks like, here is your opportunity because the folks who did the surgery on this satellite, they took us into the clean room. Everyone had to scrub up. They showed this satellite inside and out while they were cutting out all the parts that they needed to remove. It was pretty special. You can find the episode by heading to our YouTube channel, just go to youtube.com and search for the Museum of Flight and you can find us that way. Or I'll have a direct link to the episode on our show notes. Just head to museumofflight.org slash podcast. You'll find the show notes there and I'll put a link there for you. While you're there, I'll also put some links to the other episodes of the podcast that Jeff has appeared in. I mentioned some of the other conversations. He's a really interesting guy. He knows a lot of stuff about space. And so I'm always glad to have him on the podcast. And new episodes of Curator on the Loose are being released all the time. So while you're on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to us there. That way you can get the new episodes when they come out. If you like what you heard, you can rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you downloaded us from. You can support the podcast financially by heading to museumofflight.org slash podcast and clicking the yellow donate button. We're a nonprofit organization, so we appreciate any support that you can give. You can contact the show by emailing us at podcast at museumofflight.org. Until next time, this is your host, Sean Mobley, saying to everyone out there on that good earth, we'll see you out there, folks. <laughs>